Hi, everyone. Welcome into the Pelican Podcast presented by SeatGeek on this Monday here in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Daniel Salerson, and today is the podcast of Daniel and Daniels for the fans. Antonio joins me now, Fox Sports Television Analyst for the New Orleans Pelicans. And Antonio was a rough go against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday. The Pelicans now just 1-5. in five. Um, Go back to late game situations the other night, and it seems like it, it reared its ugly head again after a nice win against Denver before this road trip started. Right. You know, um, this league in 82 games, a lot of times it'll come down to the final two or three minutes of a game. And, you know, you, you call it the two-minute warning in football, you know, or the two-minute drill in football, and you can apply that same thought press, process to basketball. You know, with two minutes to go in the game – if Aaron Rodgers has the ball, you know what you're going to get. If Drew Brees has the ball, you know what you're going to get. And this team has to get to a point where when there's two minutes in the game, you know what you're going to get out of this team as far as execution is concerned as well. What is it about the execution lane in the game from what you notice? How much of that, and I think we talked about this the last time you were on, how much of it is chemistry with a new team and how much of it is just making simple mistakes? Right. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, chemistry is obviously an issue, but you can't continue to weigh on that and use that as an excuse. You know, Alvin Gentry talked about turnovers, and it wasn't the amount of turnovers. It was the situation and timing of those turnovers. And if you look at that last Oklahoma City game, the turnovers were they, – they weren't high. But it's just the timing, the situation, the situational turnovers that really hurt you in the final two minutes of the game, taking chances when chances shouldn't be taken. So um, it's, a, it's a learning process, and I know fans don't like to hear that, but it is. It's a learning process. Guys need to, to learn and trust each other, trust the, the schemes offensively and defensively, especially in the final two minutes of a game. How long does it take for a team, whether it's a team that has a lot of new players or a team – that is very familiar with order to find an identity. How long does that take to start a season? Are we, are we there yet? Well, I think this team does have an identity offensively. Mm-hmm. The identity of offensively is pace to get up and down the floor. You know, you heard other teams talk about, you know, if you're going to play the Pelicans, you have to put your track shoes on. You know, this team wants to score a lot of points. But there's also another side of the basketball. So you don't just want to have an offensive identity because offensive identity is going to win you some games, but it's not going to win you a lot. You know, this team has to develop a defensive identity. And that what that means is it's a want-to from guys. Guys have to want to communicate. Guys have to want to do the little things to win basketball games defensively. And is that the biggest problem defensively? Because, you know, Oklahoma City, I know some of this had to do with pace, but they scored 92 points after three quarters. This is a team that only averaged around 101, 102 points per game. How much of that was just the pace of the game, and how much of that just the Pelicans – lacked an identity defensively. You know, Alvin Gentry said before the game started, the team that is going to win this game is the team that will impose their will. And basically what that means is bring their style of play to the game. You know, so if it was a track meet and the score was in, you know, in the 120s or 115s or 130s, that benefited, obviously, the Pelicans. But now if you start talking about the low 100s or even closer to 90, now that benefited the Oklahoma City Thunder. And what you saw in that game, from the moment that ball was tossed up, the Pelicans were playing catch-up. So what that means is the Oklahoma City Thunder imposed their will on the game before the Pels did. Boy, you lose Brandon Ingram after that first quarter with a head injury. It looks like he is going to be back tonight just based on the fact that he wasn't on the injury report. But that was also tough to deal with when when your top player, top scoring player, is out. And Brandon Ingram's done a lot for this team already. Killer. You know, when you start talking about 
the guys that have had the best two weeks in the season thus far, I'm talking about across the league, you have to look at Brandon Ingram. His points per game, his rebounds, his assists, and his efficiency from the field and from the three-point line. So now what happens is when you remove that, that's a big blow on both sides of the ball, though, because not only has Brandon done what he's supposed to do offensively, he's done a heck of a job on the defensive side of the basketball as well. So when you take pieces out of the puzzle, like a Brandon Ingram or like a Drew Holiday or, or like a Derek Favors, it's tough. It's tough to develop chemistry when injuries are still so heavily involved in the season thus far. Another guy that's been off to a great start and let's focus in on the Brooklyn Nets is Kyrie Irving in his first six games with Brooklyn, 30.5 points per game. He had a triple-double in the loss to Detroit, but yet they're still 2-4, and four, and I feel like this is somewhat of a team that's also trying to, even though a lot of their core is still here from last year, which was a younger core, you're still trying to figure things out with a different point guard and a different style on Kyrie Irving. It is, and that's, and that's a great way of putting it, Daniel. They're trying to figure things out. You know, uh, this is a team that played completely different a year ago with D'Angelo Russell as your starting point guard. Now it's more isolation-based with Kyrie Irving because when you talk about the best one-on-one players in this league you talk about Kyrie Irving you talk about James Harden take your pick however you want to go but this team a year ago made it to the playoffs by beating teams collectively you know it wasn't just about um, one player it was about D'Angelo Russell you know it was about Harris you know it was about Spencer Dinwiddie it was about Jared Allen it was about everybody that was bringing to the table what they needed for this team to be successful and now when you have a one-on-one talent like Kyrie Irving things change a little bit with, with the Brooklyn Nets here and them trying to figure things out for the Pelicans, what should be a main focus tonight? I feel like with Brooklyn, they're a really good rebounding team, DeAndre Jordan down low, and what you saw on Saturday with Chris Paul and Nerlens Noel in the pick-and-roll game, I feel like that could be another tough task for the Pelicans with, with Jordan and Irving. Right. Well, pick-and-roll defense is, is extremely tough in this league because the point guard position is, is the most lethal position in this league. This, guys have never been more skilled than they are today. Plain and simple, any way you look at it, guys have never been more skilled. I think you have to look at how to contain Kyrie Irving. And what I mean by that is it's not Drew Holiday's responsibility to shut down Kyrie Irving. He has too much freedom. He has a lot of space. He has to see multiple bodies tonight defensively. You know, you have to get back. You have to build a wall and make him score and isolate over two and three guys, not just one. The Pelicans win tonight if. Give me like one main point tonight that the Pelicans if the Pelicans win tonight it's because they did this for, for me it, it comes down to playing with a sense of urgency and you can see that sense of urgency in the first two or three minutes of a game you know you didn't see it in the Oklahoma City game there was one team that started that game prepared to play and it was another team that thought maybe the game started at six or seven you know the regular start time so for me it starts with a sense of urgency and when this team plays with a sense of urgency regardless as who's on the floor you know, you look at the Toronto game, you look at the Dallas game, you know, you look at um, some of the games throughout the course of the season where they've been shorthanded, but they still put themselves in a position to win. A lot of that comes down to, again, want to, effort, and playing with a sense of urgency. All right, when we were chatting yesterday to talk about what we were going to talk about in this podcast, we wanted to have a little bit of fun here, not always talk X's and O's. So the one thing that we talked about, and this is something we'll do throughout the year, is top fives. And top fives are always fun, whether it's top five places to go on the road, Top five Antonio Daniels moments in NBA history. Probably winning a championship is probably number one on your list. But today we were talking about top five players of all time. If you had to pick a top five team, a starting lineup, who would it be? Okay, so question. What era are we playing in as far as rules, um, 
Are we playing in today's era where fouls are, are a little different? Are we playing in the 90s where, you know, you can flip a guy over and just keep playing, you know, so it all depends. Dealer's but, choice, though. Well, what okay. would you like to play? I, I tell you this. Let, let, let's go back and go in between. So okay. let's go in the, in the early 2000s. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to give you my five. At the point guard position, taking Magic Johnson. Oh, hold up. Before we start with the point guard, you talked about no positions when we there were texting. There is no position. No right. position. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just you're going. You're saying, okay, right, how in, you in general. Doing? Okay. Yeah, so at the point guard position, I'm going Magic Johnson. And, again, you're right because there's no – this is positionless. Okay. So it's a positionless basketball. I'm going Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. That's pretty solid. You have a lot of – some of the guys on my list. Okay, Got to go with MJ. Easily. I'm going to put Kobe Bryant on there. I like the Mamba. I think he's one of the greatest players of all time. So I have Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and then I have two big men. I have Shaquille O'Neal, and I have Wilt Chamberlain. So so basically, I'm, I'm going positionless basketball. What you're saying is there's literally no spacing involved. No spacing involved at all. In. See, you know, when I, when I thought about this, the thing I think about is how will guys play together? Right. Like, so I love Kobe Bryant, but can Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan coexist? Together LeBron James and Michael Jordan coexist? Yes, because LeBron James is is he does so many other things. LeBron James is a scorer. I mean a passer first. Right. Kobe Bryant's a scorer first. Michael Jordan's a scorer first. And if you look at Yeah, Magic Johnson's a passer. LeBron James is a passer. Michael Jordan's a scorer. Tim Duncan is the best power forward to ever play. And to me, Shaquille O'Neal is the most physically dominant player to ever grace the NBA. I mean, that's a solid that's a solid starting five. Are we talking like a pickup game here? Are we talking in, in, in the arena here? We're going to go in a series. So that's what we do. We'll say a series best of seven. Wow. See, I don't know if Shaq and Will can hold up like that in, in a seven-game series. I think, think Shaq can handle it. Will, do you think – I mean, how much is his game would be different now, Will? Because right. he's and, such and a – This is always a tough conversation to have because you're talking about transcending generations. You know, we never saw Wilt play against anybody like Shaq. We never saw Wilt play against um, some of the guys that have the athleticism of, of today on a night-to-night basis. Not to say that there was nobody in the NBA at that time that was that athletic, but you weren't rivaled like that on a night-to-night basis. Bill Russell and Wilt, they went head-to-head. But now it will be the equivalent of Wilt Chamberlain facing someone with Bill Russell's athleticism, not IQ, or willingness to win, but his athleticism on a night-to-night basis. Let me ask you this: with my stagnant line, with my stacked lineup down low, how many points in the paint are y'all getting with Shaq and Wilt down low? Well, it's not really just about points in the paint. You know, you it's got the not. best. You got the best power forward to ever play. Got the best power forward to ever play. You got the most dominant um, to ever play as well. So basically, it comes down to a point where we're going to put Wilt and Shaq into some pick and rolls and kind of go from there. <laughs> It should be interesting, and we uh, fans, if you all want to start figuring out some top fives that we can debate on, um, it's also hard for me to debate against a former NBA player that knows a lot more about the basketball game than I am, but at the same time, I think it's always a fun conversation that we can have, and especially, you know, the podcast of Daniel Daniels is for the fans. I feel like we should give them the opportunity. I, I think if it's for the fans, we need to get the fans involved here. Right. You know, let them send in some questions, let them send in some topics, and we'll happily, you know, and gladly discuss it and have fun with it. All right, so a quick podcast for you today on this Monday is, of course, Pelicans look to take on, or they will take on the Brooklyn. It's looking to end this road trip with a one-on-one record. 7.30 p.m. Eastern tip-off, which means 6.30 p.m. Central back home. You can watch it with Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans. And listen on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans with Todd Graffinini and myself on the call. Of course, it's presented by SeatGeek. All fans, all Pelicans fans, 
First time using SeatGeek can use the code GOPELS, all one word, all caps, and get 20% off your first purchase. All right. Thanks for listening today. We'll have some more debates at the podcast of Daniel Daniels has come to an end. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday, hopefully talking about a Pelicans win. Thanks for listening.